Welcome to What to Do When, a podcast from Real Lawyers with Real Perspective, where we explore a variety of legal issues and scenarios. Each week, we focus on a new topic and discuss what to do when and if any of these legal scenarios ever happen to you or a loved one. With over 40 years of combined legal experience, our hosts offer their unique perspectives and insights on a range of real-life legal situations. Welcome back. What to do when a dummy's guide to the legal verse brought to you by Kreiser Cardani, real talk, real lawyers, Scott Cardani here today with you with Will Smith here to talk about DUI. Yes, sir. What does DUI mean? Will? what is that? Well, DUI is any time that you're operating a motor vehicle under the influence of alcohol or any other uh, self-administered intoxicant. So uh, what the heck's that self-administered intoxicant? Yeah, well, that is a. I, Anything that's not alcohol, right? Anything that's gonna alter your state of mind. So we're talking drugs, we're talking marijuana, we're talking prescriptions. I mean, anything that uh, is going to affect your ability to to uh, perceive troubles on the road and operate a motor vehicle safely is going to be something that could get you in trouble. Yeah. Will and I have been doing this for a long time. Me, me just a hair longer than him, but um, a lot of people don't even know what the word stands for. DUI, what does it stand for? Driving? Under the influence. Yeah, driving while intoxicated, driving under the influence, either one. There's lots of variations and there's, the, like Will was saying, there's the ones that really don't have alcohol to do, you know, driving under the influence. So, but it's a real important topic. And so every DUI starts where, Will? With what happens first? Starts with a stop. Okay. You gotta be behind the wheel and an officer has to see your car running, right? And uh, starts with a stop, so. yeah. I want to explain that a little bit because this is really important. What if you're in your car, it's freezing cold, you're at your buddy's house, you take off down to the 7-Eleven, you say, oh, I can't drive, and you pull over in the parking lot and decide to sleep it off. Make sure that car's off, right? Or the keys are out of the ignition. Out of the ignition. I mean, that's uh, if that car is operating, that car is running at all. Uh, you know, even if the keys are in the ignition, folks, if the keys are in the ignition, they can get you. Absolutely. So you got to be really careful with that. So. If you make the smart choice not to drink and drive, make sure that key is out of the ignition. First thing I always tell people, I mean, especially nowadays with, uh, you know, Uber and Lyft and all these other options, uh, if you're drinking or you think that you're going to be drinking later on in your day, uh, get a ride from somebody else. It's not worth the risk. Not worth the risk. Let's talk about that. So it starts with a stop, which is kind of funny, but um, I like that play on words. What has to happen with a stop? Well, stop. Uh, I mean, the officer is going to come and, you know, he will observe you and what he thinks to be an intoxicated state, whether it be, you know, glossy eyes or um, dilated pupils or anything like but that. But if you're just driving down the road, how's he going to know that any of that's. Well, and I think that from there, what they're really looking at is, uh, you know, how you're operating the vehicle. You know, if you're operating in what seems to be an unsafe manner, they'll stop you and start asking you some questions. Kind of like if you cross over the center line more than once yes, or sir. you're taking turns really wide and going off the side of the road. But also what always amazes me that people get pulled over for DUI, they're speeding. Right. And I'm thinking why in the world, if you know you've been drinking, you would be speeding. Um, but I think that we all know also that alcohol is, you know, and drugs for that matter are gonna affect your judgment. So, I mean, you can't really expect too much from somebody, but I think that's gonna be enough for, somebody, for, for an officer to stop you and think, well, this person might be. What about taillight? Same, I mean, anything, you know, yeah. with t- taillight, I mean, um, headlight. I remember the days when they'd pull you over for the, the air freshener and the. It still happens. <laughs> you know, it still happens. I mean, they're looking for just about any reason they can, especially at night to, yeah. to, to pull you over. So, 
Yeah. So why we bring that up is number one, you shouldn't be driving if you're intoxicated. But number two, you have to do something wrong for them to pull you over. They can't just pull you over because you're driving down the road perfectly fine. Sir. So that is key to understand. And why is that so important? Because if they have no reason to stop you, they can't take the next step. And we'll talk about those steps. But so first is the stop. First is the pulling you over and saying, hey, ma'am, I'm an officer. What's their obligation at that moment, Will, when that officer pulls them over? We say this all the time at Chrysler Cardani, but it's really important. Well, you don't have to say anything, you know. Always advise everybody. You don't have to make any statements that, you know, against your penal interests, against, you know, that can potentially incriminate yourself. And so I think... One of the things that we see, right, especially when people have been drinking and driving, they want to say as much as they can because they think that right then and there they might be able to talk their way out of the situation. But, I mean, you keep your responses to a minimum um, and answer the questions to the best of your ability. But you don't have to say anything at all. Folks, it's like the old movies, license and registration, please. I mean, they have the right to look at your license. They have the right to for proof of insurance, and they have the right to see your registration because you gave them that right when you got that little license. Right. Other than that... You don't have to talk. And I tell people all the time, the best response you can have, uh, variations of this response, but is, with all due respect, officer, I'm going to get a lawyer involved and I don't think I should talk. Yep. And most officers understand that. I don't, I've never had a problem with officer. You're going to talk to me or you're going to, you know, and some do that. You I, might I mean, get that from a couple of them. You yeah. might get it, but most of the officers are very respectful um, and they'll go, I understand what you're doing and that's your choice. So, you know, when you get pulled over, really, I realize that your friend Bobby talked his way out of his DUI, but it is the exception, not the rule. And Absolutely. usually anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. Anything you say usually is going to be the thing that they find you guilty. Absolutely. Remember, they have no evidence unless you give it to them. Yep. So that's why we're going to get into this next thing, next part of this thing. But so you're pulled over. Say the officer comes to your car. We're going to just take a scenario to kind of make it real for people. Sir, you were doing 51 and a 45. Okay, he's got you pulled over. Dead to right. Is that a good stop, Will? I mean, sure. It's a, it's a legal stop. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay. So normally what we see is, I didn't mean to be drinking. I only had one drink, you know. Yeah, but don't, don't. I mean, everybody says they've had two beers. Yeah. Every, so every person says that they've had two beers to drink. So he pulls you over and he's going to say, he may ask you, were you drinking tonight? Were you smoking tonight? Uh, were you taking drugs tonight? I used to have a friend who was in Hanover who asked everybody, he said, I smell marijuana. And he said about 95% of the time they go, oh, I'm so sorry, I was smoking. So again, those are all baited questions you do not have to answer. Were you drinking tonight? With all due respect, officer, I'm just going to contact my lawyer. Or if you say that up front, you don't have to keep saying it over and over again. You can just not answer the questions. Don't be rude. Don't be dismissive, but just be, hey, I'm, I'm taking a, my constitutional right and holding on to that, and all's good. So Absolutely. he comes to the window, and usually what happens is they have a smell of alcohol, and they say, Mr. Smith, have you been drinking tonight? Don't have to say anything. I'm not answering that question. Correct. <laughs> so it sounds weird, but then he's going to go on to say, okay, um, that with your glassy eyes and everything else may be a suspicion. What's going to ask you to do next, Will? I'm going to ask you to step out of the car yeah. and uh, perform a field sobriety test. What is a field sobriety test really quickly? Just kind of... field sobriety test is a, 
is uh, a number of basic tests. You know, you're talking about your ABCs or counting or finger dexterity. Um, Most of you have probably seen somebody on the side of the road trying to touch their nose right, or something like that. Right, right. But they have some standardized tests uh, across the state that will, based on the indication that they see, will be able to determine whether or not they think that you're under the influence of something, if not able to complete what are somewhat similar, uh, simple tasks when, um, you know, when you're sober. I mean, it can be difficult also when you're sober for some people, uh, but they're supposed to be just tough enough that if somebody is uh, intoxicated, uh, that they will show these signs of intoxication and have probable cause. If you're impaired, that's what they're meant to do. Yes. But do you have to do these tests? Absolutely not. What? Wait a minute. You don't have to obey an officer at the side of the road who wants you to walk 10 paces one way, heel to toe, and then touch your nose while standing upside down? You know, absolutely, you know, you don't. And I think that that's one of the, the problems that are, the things that people don't realize is that they don't have to do anything. Uh, they can just say, I, I, I'm not gonna take any, I'm not gonna do the test uh, because it's sim similar to uh, any statements you're making. I mean, they're gonna use that evidence, that information from those tests that you perform to say that this, this is the reason we, I, I, I pulled this person over. That's the reason they've been charged with a, with a DUI. Okay, the next question he's probably going to ask you is, are you willing to take a field sobriety test? What the heck's that? Well, field sobriety, well, field sobriety right, it's, uh, you know, it, it's these individual tests, but then... I meant you know, the other thing, and I said it yeah. wrong. I apologize. I meant the breathalyzer. The breathalyzer. He's going to say, well, you blow in the breathalyzer. I, I apologize. I tell my clients, uh, never, when you're on the side of the road, never, ever blow into that breathalyzer. Uh, you don't have to. Uh, there, I mean, we'll talk about implied consent later, right? You know, mm -hmm. when, when you get down to a police station, then you have to blow or give a, a, a blood sample. But um, it, it never a good idea to uh, blow on the side of the road. Because what you're really looking to do, especially if there's a possibility, I mean, you know, there are plenty of people that drive and think that they're okay, you know, and don't realize that it's a very low limit or very low standard in order to, to get uh, arrested for a DUI. So they think they're okay. They say, yeah, sure, I will. And then that right there, that 0.08, which is what, it's one or two beers, right? Uh, is enough to, to, you know, give the officer enough to, to arrest you right then and there. I tell people all the time this, and I think it's very important to know that even though you may not be suffering any effects of the intoxicant, that doesn't mean you're not under the influence by the law. And like Will said, it's 0 0.08 in Virginia for alcohol. But the bottom line is, I tell people all the time, if you go to Hardywood, for instance, and you drink two of their high-powered beers and walk out 15 minutes later, whether you're feeling it or not, you're gonna, if you get pulled, you're gonna be under the influence. You really so, are, yeah. So you've gotta know that, and you've gotta be, what Will and I are trying to say here is, time is money in a DUI. The more you don't do, the more your body has time to metabolize the al alcohol in your system, that time is everything. So when you don't do the side of the road test and you don't do the breathalyzer test, the field sobriety test and the breathalyzer test, the process is taking longer. They may have to get another officer involved. They may have to wait for somebody, all those things. I'm not saying that you won't be arrested and I'm, that's probably hard for somebody. I can't imagine being arrested and going to jail. It is better you go to jail for a night than go to jail for a week. So. Or you hear, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> or have a DUI conviction if you can avoid it. So the bottom line is, we're telling you, it's you shouldn't be doing a field sobriety test. You shouldn't be a side of the road breathalyzer. So if they get to this point in the process, if they still think they have probable cause through your actions or whatever it may be, they can arrest you. You certainly can, yeah. And I, like you said, I mean, I think that's a really hard thing for people to hear when I mean, you're thinking about 
the inconvenience, right, of having to go down to jail and be there for the night and then have to call your mom or your dad and let them know where you are. Uh, and a lot of people just don't want to do that. And like I said, I think a lot of people think that they can, you know, just talk their way out of Beat these the uh, situations, you know. But, uh, the, I mean, it really is, like you said, worth, um, you know, taking these steps to avoid, you know, uh, hurting yourself down the line when you ultimately go to court. And it's interesting with the advent of body camera and stuff, we get a lot of the video. And I've actually had a case where the two officers were talking because the person in the car refused to talk to them. They go, I don't really have anything to do anything on. And they still arrested him, but that gave me the whole case Absolutely. to beat it because then they didn't have problem. They admitted they had no probable cause to arrest this guy. Right, right. And so and they get very frustrated with the process and it's okay. It's a very, very, very uncomfortable process to exercise your constitutional rights. That's exactly what it is. It's your right not to incriminate yourself. And we are not taught to do it. We don't know how to do it. All those things. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't be doing it and shouldn't learn and go through the process. And like Will said, unless you're really wasted, they're probably not going to hold you. If it's your first DUI, they're probably going to let you at least have somebody come pick you up, all those things. But if you have to spend the night in jail, you have to spend the night in jail. It's, it's worth it, especially if you believe and you know you've been drinking. Um it's not worth the DUI, just not. Because right. that extra hour to get you to the station, to arrest you, get an extra officer there, transport you to the station, have to set up. And, you know, there's a process that they go through there, don't they? Yeah. When um, you get to the station. Yeah, there, there is. And, uh, I mean, when you're down there, like I said, I mean, they have a much bigger, uh, uh, you know, breath test that you have to take. The intoxicate, the intoxilizer. That's right. That's right. (laughs) 5,200. And, um, you know, for that, um, I go ahead and blow. Right. And at this time, hopefully there's been some time that's passed and, you know, we're, we haven't talked about it yet, but, you know, based on the level of alcohol in your system, you could get elevated time, right. Get your license Mm -hmm. suspended for a longer period of time. Um, so that's why we're not trying to blow on scene. You know, when you ultimately have to blow, when you get down to the police station, go what happens if it. you refuse to blow at the police station? Well, I mean, that's when you, you know, like I said earlier, this is an implied consent state, which means um, when you get a license, you know, and in, in you're taking the, on the road, uh, car on the road, you um, you're consenting to any any breath test that they ultimately administer if they think that they have enough information. They think they have the probable cause and they've arrested you. You've already consented to that breath test. If you don't, they're going to charge you with the lack of consent. Right. And that's a charge. And I don't want to get too much detail, but that's a charge that can be weighty and problematic and lose your license for a year. I think that that's sometimes worse than a DUI. Yeah, Yeah. sometimes worse than a DUI. But Will's there. Of course, we at this point, you, you know, I'd like to talk to my lawyer, but I know I have to blow, so you blow. But... Remember this, there's a process. They have to wait a certain amount of time. Once you sit down, they have to clear everything, give you time to process your breath. I think it's 20 minutes. I sometimes get that wrong if I'm wrong. No, you're right, you're right. Um, But anyways, if you burp, belch, anything during that time, they have to start the clock over. So a lot of people are like trying to hold burps in. The best thing you can do is burp. If you got a burp, let it rip. Let it go. Let it go, because again, that gives you another 20 minutes. And you know, quite frankly, 20 minutes in an hour it's a long time for some, depending on your metabolism rate, your blood, you know, some people, it's not going to help at all. Some people, it might be that one thing to take them from a 0.08 to a 0.07. That's right. You know, and so all those things, can they get you for a DUI even if you don't blow? They certainly can. I mean, yeah. I mean, what we're talking about, let's say you just do your field sobriety test, right? Um, 
you don't perform that test to their satisfaction. You know, uh, we're talking about the heel, heel, mm -hmm. you know, 10 step turn and walk, you know, you're, you miss a couple steps or you step off the line. Uh, I mean, they're going to use that information in court to try to, you know, get a conviction to say this person was impaired. So uh, it's kind of like that we call it the circumstantial evidence. What was going on with that person? Well, judge, I observed he had really glassy eyes. He smelled like a brewery. I mean, there are non-alcoholic beers, but still, that's right, a, that's right. a trigger. Smell like a, you smell like a brewery. Smell like alcohol. Slurred you're speech, slurred right? speech. Yeah. Your eyes were droopy. You, your coordination was off, which the test is made to show. Your eyes aren't tracking. You can't get your foot to your heel, or you fall over, you stumble. I mean, I remember forget I had a girl one time pulled over on the side of the road, and the body cameras on her, and I showed this because it was kind of funny. They wanted her to do the field sobriety test, and she was in like four inch high heels. So she literally stands up on one foot, puts her other foot up to take her shoes off, bounces on a four inch high heel, takes off one shoe, bounces on the other, take off the other shoe. And the officer's like, you don't need to do that. There you go. Because <laughs> I mean, she just beat the test. I mean, that's what it's about. If you can do that, you're, you're likely not intoxicated. So sure. all those things, but we get back. You're in the police station. You blow in the breathalyzer after your wait period, after you haven't burped, all those things. There's a lot of, they walk you through everything. It has to be done right. Follow their instructions to a T. Yeah. Don't, don't get into this stuff of trying to be resistant and all that. Just follow their instructions. But they have to follow instructions, and that helps us if we're your defense counsel. We look at that and say, okay, did they do all the all the steps procedurally right. Correct. Because if they don't do one of those steps procedurally right. Got to go, got a gap there, got a hole in their case, right? Can you ask for a blood test instead of blowing? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And um, uh, if you consent to a blood test, the warning that I give people is that it, they're not just t testing for alcohol. <laughs> Anything that you've done uh, will be in that in that test. And so, um, I mean, I, have, I had a client of mine who waited and uh, got the blood test. You know, they waited for the police to get a warrant. Got the blood test done. Uh, his alcohol level had dropped below 0.08. It was 0.07, but they also found THC in the system. And so, like I said, with you know any other self-administered intoxicants, uh, marijuana is going to fall, you know, under that umbrella. And uh, he still, you know, was facing a DUI because of that. Yeah, it's really, it's really important. If you really think though that you're you need that extra time because again, they're going to have to put you in a police car. Usually, sure. take you to the hospital and get a blood test. That time is money. Yeah. Um, but as Will said, if you think you're going to get a cocaine charge on top of that, maybe time isn't money. Right. You got to yeah. know what you're doing. And I realize that you're intoxicated maybe at this point, and you don't have a good filter. That's why we're saying do as little as possible. Speak as little as possible. Yep. Most cases, this is a little dirty little secret. I'm going to tell you right now. Dirty little secret. Most cases are won by the Commonwealth or this police because somebody talked. Yep. Somebody gave them the information. Very rarely is it just such a great case that they can prove it without some kind of statement by you. Like, I, we always talk about this, and I'm just giving an example, like speeding. The officer comes up, do you, how, you know how fast you're? Oh, I was going 75, but I wasn't going 80. Right. You just admitted to speeding by your own, right, right. You, know, <laughs> you know, so... Same thing with DUI. I only had two beers. Well, you just admitted you were drinking and driving, so you've already given them probable cause to arrest you. That's right. So it's so important. Your words matter, but the less the better. And it is okay in the United States of America to say, 
with all due respect or however you like to phrase it, say, I'm just going to speak to a lawyer. I'm not going to talk right now. Yeah. Or just say, I'm going to exercise my right not to self-incriminate. Whatever you want to say, just say, no, thank you. I mean, if you're too nervous, try to get out. No, thank you. That's good enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, it's not that they're not going to keep trying. I mean, I tell people all the time, they may ask you 15 different questions. Right. And it is nerve wracking. But you got to do what you got to do and you got to hold strong. And it's the most important part of your case. It really is. Yeah. All right. I think that anything else you want to cover on this topic before we jump? Uh, no, I, I don't think so. I mean, I, I think that we've covered pretty much everything leading up to the uh, leading up to the arrest. That was my phone. I apologize. Um, yeah, I think I think what we wanted to say here is DUIs are important. You need a lawyer. Absolutely. <laughs> you may not think you need a lawyer, but you need representation. Will and I handle a lot of these. Um, we know what we're doing, but you know, where are the type of law firm? If you can find somebody else you fit with, that's okay, but get a lawyer. You need somebody to represent you. You need to know your rights and we need to look at all the evidence and all the steps and all the things that happen because even though you were charged with DUI, you may not be guilty of DUI. Yeah. Um, and that's so important that it's it protects you, it protects the legal process, it protects other people. And it makes the process work when we do what we're supposed to do, which is you prove the case. I'm not going to help you. Absolutely. Thank you all for joining in. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of What to Do When. For more episodes, be sure to subscribe to our podcast. And we encourage you to check our archives to listen to previous topics. Tune in next week for a new episode and some fresh perspective from Kreiser Cardani. <laughs>